Welcome to the Boho News Podcast. Here, we share the latest news, comments and opinion from across the boutique, lifestyle and luxury hotel sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. Today, I'm speaking with Rishi Sachdev, founder of Place3 Hotels, to learn more about the new London hotel collection and what guests can expect from the properties, as well as how the portfolio differs from Shiva Hotels. All right, let's begin. Rishi, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. There's lots that I want to learn about. I'm super excited to hear more about Place 3 Hotels, which has coincided with the launch of the Bow Tree. So I'm going to dive straight in here. Rishi, please introduce Place 3 Hotels. Hi, Eloise. Thanks for uh, talking to me today. Um, I'm really excited to talk about it as well. So look, essentially, Place 3 Hotels is a collection of new hotels in what we believe are some of the most vibrant and interesting locations in, in London. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really trying to reflect the best parts of London in the way we build these hotels, um, the way we develop them, and also offer ultimate luxury. So I'll talk a bit about that after as well, but in terms of what we believe luxury is and, and how we develop that, but also do that in the most purposeful and conscious way. So maybe maybe I can go back a step and just tell you how the name Place 3 came about. So Please do. Yes, it's, it's, look, there's a simple part to it. That, you know, your first place is your home. Your second place is your work. And we mm. saw Place 3, your third place, as everything else. You know, mm-hmm. where you go out, where you hang out with colleagues, take family, you know, go and stay, have fun. So it was it was everything else. So that's place three. But also the three are the Roman numerals one, 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 mm-hmm. which represents our purpose pledge, which is one percent of profit, one percent of all of our team's time and one percent of our product will go towards community benefit or, or nonprofit. So we really want to engage with our local communities and we really want to make this um, a vision of how we believe that businesses and corporate should be run. I I just wanted to clarify as well that this one one more model is something that I absolutely love, but I can't take credit for it. It's not something that we came up with. So about seven or eight years ago, after we'd bought some of these London sites and we were looking to build up our vision for how we wanted these London hotels to um to develop and, and our vision for them we're doing research and we're doing a lot of research into what other brands not, not just in hospitality across sectors were doing in this space um and we came across this one one model that mark benioff had introduced at salesforce so i i love this but came out and said look we've got to go and create of our own and you know we can't go and copy him we've got to do something and i think we spent something like 18 months or maybe even two years trying to develop our own model but in the end, I came back to it and said, there's nothing I like as much as this. I really think we could do, you know, there's, there's some really great ideas in the way we can um, take this one one model throughout our business. So I thought, let's just give self, Salesforce their credit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and do our own version of this in the hospitality space. And, you know, maybe the ho- first um, hotel company to do it. So that, that's where it came from. But we're trying to bring our vision forward, um, but built on our own values where mm-hmm. we're putting people, place, and planet. You'll hear that a lot from, from our brand, people, place, and planet at the forefront of all the decisions that we make. Let's talk about the vision. I really want to learn more about this new hotel collection. And if I'm correct, this is just a London-centric hotel collection. 
Um, maybe right. the clue here is in the word collection. So what details can you share about existing and future hotels? So, yeah, so let me take that in two parts. So there's the vision part, I guess, um, uh, in terms of what the vision for the hotels are. And as you said, the collection. So I've already mentioned that there's a strong, strong set of values which underpins what we're doing at these hotels. So let me just expand on that a little bit um, because it's really important to me. The core values, simply put, are truth, love and compassion, which mm -hmm. are universal words and, and, and you know, it should be... Uh, uh, something that everyone believes in. These are things that my my guru is very special to me. Morari um, Bapu instilled in me from a young age. So it's something that meant, meant a lot to me. But for the new hotel collection, we wanted to translate this to the ethos and the values um, into our business and make it core to how we operate across the board. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that, as I said before, you know, our people will be paramount uh, of paramount importance. So that includes, by the way, not just our guests, but also our own team, you know, mm -hmm. all the people working there and all, all the way through the business um, that will also focus on minimizing our impact on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. And that we're also striving to create, um, as I said, inspiring environment. That means that we're engaging with our local community and we're doing good for our community as well. So we coined this term um, and we refer to it as conscious luxury. Uh, and again, you'll hear this a lot in terms of the type of luxury and what we're trying to do. Um, now that's the, the conscious part that I just explained. The other part of that is, is luxury and how we create luxury. And the, the bedroom's a good example because I remember when we first bought the site and we sat down with our professional team. And I remember that first meeting and the architect was presenting um, with maybe 20 people around the table and said, look, this is what Four Seasons are doing now. You know, people don't sit at desks anymore. Um, this is how people live. This is how they've done their bedroom. And this is how uh, Marriott and, you know, all these other collection of hotels, the one and one and only have done their hotels in the Middle East and the like. And, you know, Rishi, which one of these do you want to copy or follow? Or what's the what's the way you want to do it? And I, I basically said, you know, rip that all up. Let's talk about how we want to treat our guests. Let's talk about how our guests, how, how we think our guests live um, and, and, and how they should use the space. And let's see what we want to put both from a facility point of view. You know, do we want a bath in our bedrooms? Do we want a dressing room? Do we want a living space? What is it that we want to do? Maybe just to give one or two examples, when you enter our bedroom, you actually enter into a small lobby. Now, you won't see that in a normal guest bedroom, would you? You normally enter to one side and the bathroom's on one side because they stack the risers back to back and it's cheaper to build bathrooms and the like by, by doing it that way in a hotel. But we actually enter like in the middle um in a small lobby space so that was really important to us because one of the things that really annoyed me is if you go and stay in a hotel guest room anywhere in the world somebody makes noise at three in the morning you get woken up so by having a lobby the weakest point where noise transfers into your bedroom is through the door it, it doesn't matter how build you build the glazing and, and 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 the walls and the like that door is the weakest point and the corridors where the most noise is made so what we did by creating this lobby it's created another separation so there was less noise transfer we've actually got another separation in the bedroom as well where there's a dressing room but that's that's more design rather than than functional mm -hmm. but also every one of our on every floor we have concierge so 
if you had coffee or tea or cocktails, they'll be made on your floor and they could be done immediately. So you're not waiting, but also they'll come to your room and they'll unpack your bags. And this is not just at suite level or so it's, it's across the hotel mm. because this is how our customers should be treated and dealt with. So coming back to the lobby, you know, the kind of entrance area, part of it is a sense of arrival. You know, we have the umbrella and the raincoat and shoe shiner and um, all that, you know, all those kind of knickknacks at the entrance to your room. The, the, the sense of arrival of coming to a London room where, you know, jokingly it always rains and therefore you always have to be prepared. But but also if I want my shirt or, you know, my wife wants her dress ironed, we can leave it out front. It can be taken without disturbing us, put back and or room service. You know, once we finish with it, you don't have to leave it in the corridor or in, in leaving in our room. You leave it in that little entrance area. The mm. other doors close that and it separates you. So all these things are an important part of how we've created our version of luxury. Very hard to explain to you kind of in this way. Uh, I'd love to be able to show you that, that that gives you an idea of maybe some of the things that we've done differently. Absolutely. And and and, and these um, design features, some form over function, others function over form, is this something that you will um, roll out almost as like a brand standard across the other hotels or are you going to take each future hotel and design that completely unique and independent to the, the bow tree? Yeah, it's a really good question. So, uh, yeah, so coming back to your original, there were a collection of hotels. Uh, the bow tree opened last week. Um, we're really proud of that. That's a flagship and there's a lot of um, our vision that is translated through through that. Um, the next projects, there's um, a, a fantastic site in in Soho, which is about 145,000 square feet, um, just around 200 bedrooms, um, um, but has a lot of um, um, public spaces, restaurant, bars, and, and, and different amenities as well. Um, and then the third one at the moment, which is also um, at a similar stage of construction, uh, is on Holborn Viaduct. We have a slightly different focus there. There's some, there's some, there's a social workspace um, in 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 there, which is a little bit different to 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 what you've seen in London. You know, it's kind of a a cross between Soho House and and WeWork, if if maybe I put it that way. Uh, it's 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 a workspace, but not um, not hot desking and uh, um, you know people coming and saying bit bit shush. It's uh, it, it's working. There's uh, a very cool gym space, which is more. Um, uh, somewhere between wellness and, and and a gym space, so there's hyperbaric chambers and ice baths and but all these hotels, Eloise. The way they're designed, although the locations are different, they might have a slightly different focus. Ultimately, we're designing them in a way in which we would like to be treated and looked mm -hmm. after, and how we would look after our friends and family. There's some of the ethos, you know, definitely in terms of the conscious luxury, the way we're approaching it, which is very similar how we engage with our communities and the like. Um, how we engage with Westminster and, and and with them. But in terms of the actual product and the spaces, it will be mm -hmm. totally different. Traditionally, mm -hmm. hoteliers looked at hotels as a bed factory and mm -hmm. we'll make some money out of breakfast and the rest of it's a pain. Right? That, that's how <laughs> traditionally they were. And, and unfortunately, you know, the challenge is that hoteliers don't do food and beverage themselves. Well, it's a different skill set and expertise and it's difficult. You know, mm -hmm. we find it's a difficult thing to do. So, it's hard to do that. And what we've looked to do is really partner with people who are best in class, create spaces which are great in great locations, and then bring those people who are best in class to help us where required to mm. assist in kind of running those spaces and create something which, you know, is is kind of that resort hotel in central London that you never need to leave.
that that's really the aim when you when you look at um how urban developments are changing in response to new customer demands and i and i use customer quite broadly here you can use the word tenant guest occupier in an office built to rent uh student housing co-living whatever product you are building on the programming and amenity side it's fascinating to see now what are being put into these developments you've just hit it there um rishi with the, the co-working area the the gym with the blurring of the well-being i'm going to move the conversation on to talk about um shiva hotels and i'd like to understand how place three differs from shiva um, sure. So, uh, look, my, my, my background, I was a, an options trader in the late 90s. Um, my family were involved in real estate. I, I happened to get involved um, while I was actually still uh, uh, an options trader, investing in a property which was a joint venture on a, on a hotel scheme at the Excel Centre with a company called Premier Hotels. Um, you may remember from 22, 23 years ago, um, who were building, um, actually, they had the master franchise for Days Inn and Howard Johnson. And uh it was a really good model we were going to invest uh, i was going to invest and they were going to operate and develop it and during that process they went they went bankrupt it was not really they had a great operating team and not because of the model it's just uh, of other factors they were building too quickly and the like so i ended up coming out and taking over this project um, the business plan was there um, i engaged with the operating team who were already in place through premier hotels to come and work alongside me to help operate this hotel um, and I spent the first, the next four years developing this hotel, um, got funding through um, uh, the, the connections already there, um, and building this hotel and going there every day to kind of understand how a hotel operated. And I came out of that believing that there was an opportunity to build um, mid-market branded hotels, so like kind of Holiday Inn and Marriott and the likes, um, in the UK and key city centre locations across the country. Long story short, Shiva Hotels, you know, the focus, we, we signed a development, uh, a strategic development agreement with Hilton in 2007 when they bought back the right to develop their brands. So mm -hmm. we got the first Hampton in London, uh, the first franchise Hilton. We did a couple of double trees across the portfolio. And but there were really good business models. And that was Shiva Hotels. That was the, the opportunity. Through that journey, as we got got involved look i always wanted to develop in the best locations you know the best mm -hmm. locations where the demand factor where you know they were most resilient in the downturns there's always economic downturns so mm -hmm. <laughs> where, where you had both leisure demand and corporate demand you had barriers to entry so you know locations like edinburgh and bath cambridge mm -hmm. oxford you know were always locations that did well and the growth in income was more than inflation so there were great business opportunities but you know the top of that pile is always London, right? London, mm -hmm. can't go away. London, London, London. So, um, you know, my aim was always to develop in London and um, how uh, I'd go about doing that. So pre-2007, it was very difficult to do that, um, partly because values were so inflated. People wanted their profit up front. So we built in other cities, but post-financial crisis, the global financial crisis, 08, mm -hmm. 09, um, when the market came off, we waited for distress opportunities in central London and they were few and far between as well um, because the trading was very good, right? It was yeah. still very resilient. It did drop off by five and a half, six percent, but it was flat the next year and then it grew again. And and the growth of income, the growth of RevPAR in, in, in London 
is, you know, 50, 60, depending on what metric you take, you know, up to double of inflation on a long-term basis. So you get real growth in income, real capital appreciation, real resilience in, 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 in the business cycle as well. So that's where we always wanted to be. So we were able to, you know, when there wasn't distress opportunity, we went back to what we knew and said, okay, let's look for development opportunities. And over the course of six or seven years, we were able to buy five or six really key strategic sites in central London. And when we did that, the opportunity was obviously for a much higher rate to a degree mm -hmm. you didn't need the brands as much. It didn't mean that they didn't add value, but the brands, <laughs> my friends at Hilton and others will not thank me of calling them cookie cutter, but look, ultimately mm -hmm. the brands deliver by definition a consistent product. You know, that's what people, people stay at them because they know what they're going to get. Whereas, you know, I think that one, the world changed um, where people wanted more of an experience. Mm. Uh, they ultimately wanted, you know, if they're staying in central London, if they're staying in Marlborough, they wanted to feel like they're staying in Marlborough. They didn't want to stay in a hotel where they could be in London, Istanbul or Paris, right? Like it, it, it should feel like you're actually staying as part of London. Um, I think that there was also um, uh, uh, awareness that people cared about what they were consuming and became more aware. And mm -hmm. I think more importantly, I evolved and changed. I think my, my team did as well, uh, really important to the process. Um, so, you know, we started out focused on the business model and the return on capital. But, you know, after that, I felt that there were more important things. And I, mm -hmm. I, I also refer to the fact that, you know, with my father and, and when I started the business, I wanted to look back in 20 years and be proud of what I, I'd done. And I think the focus when I first started was building a business and financial returns. And I think now, if you ask me what I'll be proud of is actually building a business that, you know, that people would look at and say that God has been run in a really purposeful way, that they care about the decisions they're making. We're engaging with Westminster and um, uh, they have a program called Feral Westminster, um, which uh, engages with community organizations and, and, and nonprofits as well, but also businesses and seeing how they can try to improve the area they're in, which I think is fantastic. I think they've done a, a really good job. But I didn't realize uh, after meeting them and reading their, their document that there's 25% child poverty in Westminster. Now, would you have guessed that? that I no. think that's crazy. Um, so I think it's our responsibility. It's not just the government's responsibility it's not just the nonprofits and people who give their lives, you know, admirably to, to these nonprofits and charities to try to, to make a difference and, and address these problems, right? I think businesses have a responsibility to address these issues. So, you know, child poverty, hunger, climate change, like I think we can do things in our area and engage in them. So coming back to the 111, mm. the desire to come up with a model was based on this and how we evolved. Um and try to try to do our little bit on some of the most pressing issues of our time. So look, there's lots of other businesses and lots of other sectors that are doing this, but I think the hotel sector maybe has been lagging behind in some ways. And, you know, we'd like to do some things to tr try to change that. You, you may have seen as well that, you know, we created, um, uh, my wife and I set up a foundation um, as part of the business and we created a, um, a charter on, 
how to deal with modern slavery and trafficking mm-hmm. in the hospitality space. Yes. So that was something that was there beforehand, even before place three. It's always part of how we evolved and, and our thought process. And we made that part of Shiba Hotels and our business, even going back then. But it was one part of it. And I think we wanted to try to make, I was really keen to try to make, you know, that inherent and a part of what we were doing with these hotels going forward. So I would say that's the real difference within place three. It was our translation or, or sorry, our version um, um, of luxury and how we do that and how we build these spaces. And you're always making choices in a hotel, right? What you want to build, but it's also the choices of how we act and how we engage with, with our community. I think that's that that message is going to be even stronger moving forwards because you look at the younger demographics who are soon, if not traveling now, will be in the future. My goodness, are they going to be so quick to point the finger if you don't deliver or hold certain values that align with their own? And by the way, one other thing as well, and again, not to criticize anybody else, but we've obviously seen a lot of like net zero carbon claims, right? In, mm. in, in whether it's businesses or governments across the world. And I was really keen not to make false promises. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, what what we are saying is that we are going to try our best. And it, I would love to be net zero carbon, but if we're going to do it, we're going to have an actual plan, which is mm-hmm. backed up to show we can do it, yeah. even if it's X year's time, but not a, It'll be very easy for us to come. Hey, we're going to be net zero carbon in 2030 or 2035. And well, how are you going to do it? Well, we're going to do it. And I think that's really disingenuous. So everything we're doing, we would rather be honest. And if we're not doing something, we'll just say we're not doing it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. we have built a new building. And at the end of the day, that does consume energy. Mm -hmm. And So, again, you know, we're not going to sit here and say, hey, we bought this great sustainable hotel because the, the actual act of knocking it down and building it. But we've also made a lot of decisions in terms of the way we built the hotel um, to try and do that, you know, despite it being a new build. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a number of things there that, that, that we're trying to do. So, we, you know, we, we'll try and be, well, try and be, we will be honest um, with mm-hmm. the public. We'll be honest with what we say we're going to do. And we'll always try and improve and, 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 and see how we can um, do this to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. And I am, um certainly look forward to seeing you you grow with with place three and 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 seeing you put these these visions and values at the fore of of the new venture um a final question for you rishi is is looking at the some of the hotels that were part of shiva and your plans for the guardsmen and middle eight um i'm aware that they don't form part of the new collection so what are your plans for these two hotels? So, uh, yeah, you were asking about as well why, why they, you know, they weren't part of the Shiva Hotels website. And mm. uh, look, ultimately, you know, we, we've been talking about how we've evolved this plan. And when we developed Middle Eight and Guardsmen, you know, some of that was in process and some of that is there. I mean, Middle Eight is doing some fantastic work um, with some local local community charities. There's some great work with Coram's Fields. Um, I don't know if you're aware. Um, so some of those things have come through already um, in terms of how we're operating with these hotels. But ultimately, these two look really proud of the products and, and, and what we've done there. But they're clearly not the branded hotels that were Shiva hotels, mm-hmm. but they're also not the full vision of what we wanted to do for Place 3 and what the Bow Tree in our 
you know opinion um, um and does and, and 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 shows so they kind of fell in between middle eight is very much a um you know trying to bring the outside in it's more of that lifestyle luxury hotel has a speakeasy you know really cool bar it's about trying to do events and and and, and make it really vibrant and active as we were talking about earlier the guardsman is much more of almost like a private members club it's about looking about giving a really premium service in that location to the people that are staying within the product so even they are different they don't really fit within even you know i would say a consistent collection or ethos between the two of them they were appropriate for the 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 opportunity in that location and and we try to maximize that so they didn't really fit into street hotels they didn't fit into place 3 and hence they're they're really two uh two individual um two individual standalone products that 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 will trade in that way mm-hmm. so so i understand that guardsmen in the middle eight will continue training as fully independent hotels outside of shiva and outside of place three that's correct yeah thank you thank you rishi well thank you for taking the time to speak with me today um it's been great to learn more about place three hotels i wish you all the best of luck with future openings within the collection and I'm sure I will see you at the bow tree very soon. No, look, thank you very much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, as I said, the invitations that I know you're, you're coming to the bow tree already, but uh, if you'd like me to show you around, I'll be more than happy to. Brilliant. Thanks, Rishi. Thanks, Eloise. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Boho News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter.